Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization that mobilizes the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Donations to the United Way stay 100% locally in our community and get invested in more than 40 community-based programs. These programs help students achieve academic success, families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or call 716-483-1561. Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell hosted an informational meeting to discuss setting up a committee to look at the feasibility of establishing a boat user fee on Chautauqua Lake. We bring you that meeting here. You know, one of the things that I've really been working on and and we're going to continue on is we have to get past this mentality that if you're not with us, you're against us. If I don't want herbicides and I do, then we're at war. No, we're not. That 21 or 23 mile stretch of water down there is the passion that holds all of us together. We could sit here and disagree on use of herbicides or other means, but at the end of the day, we have to come together in a common ground to realize that lake is what we're here for. That lake is a huge economic engine. That lake is what brings tourists here. That lake is what provides year-round activities. So we need to stay focused with this, okay? And again, you know, my, my position is coming in as county executive, executive was a focus uh, that I took on as my kind of a mantra is a unity of effort. Ironically enough, spent the summer, I just got, uh, was out for a little while and read a book by Colin Powell And one of the things he spoke about was that unity of effort, that common goal, that common thing. So that's what we're focused on, um, and that's what we're going to continue to focus on. So we'll go ahead and start with our slides. Just like to welcome you all tonight. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. Um, Moving on, first slide. Well, simply, why are we here? You know, we just want to start the conversation about the implementation of a boat user fee. The boat user fee would be powered watercraft, anything that would have to be registered with New York State. We're going to discuss the need for sustainable funding to support Chautauqua Lake and our other bodies of water. You know, the biggest one, you know, when you open up the, the, the paper, you don't see, you know, um, qualms, squabbles, squawks about, you know, Finley Lake or Bear Lake or Casadega Lake. How many people here realize that Casadega Lake has a Chautauqua or Casadega Lake Association? A few people do if you're probably familiar with that area. Most of you, if you're not familiar with lakes, will have no idea that Casadega has its own lake association. Um, and again, very successful, self-sustaining, really don't hear about it much at, at the county level, but they do a tremendous job of keeping that lake clean. Um, but again, there are other bodies of water. We're going to talk about that and then just discuss the establishment of this boat user fee. A little bit of, uh, some backstory, some little bit of history as we go forward, moving on. So right now, when we look at funding, funding the lake, you know, our primary fund, primary funding sources through the alliance. Now we do get, the state does provide funding for the lake in a, a variety of different areas. There is direct line funding to operations like the watershed, the CLA, and the CLP. Um, soil and water does get appropriations from the governor. All right? But beyond that, for the alliance and what these groups are not able to collect to finish their projects, falls back on the alliance. So right now, the funding for the alliance is primarily coming from our foundations. Um, 
So what have we done, you know, in that lake maintenance effort? You know, we've purchased equipment supporting the operational costs. So when we look at the alliance and Chautauqua Lake Watershed and Management Alliance, that primary funding comes from the county, but from our foundations. So what we want to do is let our foundations get back to their philanthropic work, the work they can do hands-on with the community and not necessarily be the driving fund for Chautauqua Lake. So getting into where we're at, so how did the alliance come about? Well, I believe in the mid-2000s, and, and Pierre is a historian on this, please help me out, and others, I know Don Emhart's been here, and, and so is Michael Tone. Um, they formed the Chautauqua Lake Management um, Group to look into, uh, study the lake. Um, and that was conducted by uh, Bill Evans, Lyle Hoidu, and a host of other people around Chautauqua Lake. The study was done, it was presented to the legislature, and the big question was, now what? So several of us, myself, Vince Horrigan, Fred Crosscut, Mark Tarbrick, took it upon to say we need to keep something going. Thus the alliance was born from that, that group. We knew that we had to invest in the lake, we knew we had to take care of this lake, but we needed to have sources and we needed to have a centralized point. Several of the people from the foundations and the foundation's leadership have said, I would go to Wegmans, I would go to dinner, I would go to the mall, I would be out in public and people would, hey, we need this, hey, listen to me. And we're constantly being, you know, I don't want to say accosted, constantly being approached on funding. So what they said was, we want to find a central area. So the foundations funnel their money to the alliance. The alliance then has metrics and, and tools to then distribute that funding back to these lake organizations. Um, the alliance board is made up of nine members. There are four stakeholders. Um, there are five elected officials. Of the five elected officials, there are three from local municipalities. We have one county legislator who's appointed, who's with us this evening, Marty Proctor, and myself as the county executive or whoever the county executive is at the time. Those, nine stake, those other remaining stakeholders are not necessarily required to be members of a board, although we do have people on the foundation. We have one member who's affiliated with the CLA, one member affiliated with the CLP, and people from foundations and others um, in scientists. Okay, so, again, that's, that's where we are right now. Um, so, again, a little bit about the alliance. They're responsible for the centralizing organization, allocation of funding from foundations, grants, and donations. The overall, to see the overall financial management, uh, and there is a, assistance in purchasing of equipment. Um, some of the most recent projects they've undertaken over the last couple of years are the CLA harvesting, our Mobitrack project, which has been undertaken by the town of Chautauqua. Don Emhart's here this evening. It's an invaluable tool, or actually not invaluable, it's valuable beyond words for the shoreline and near shoreline cleanup. You know, with reduced staff, and the number of people that get out there with rakes and pull that stuff back into the water or pull it onto the shoreline from the near shore, these mobile tracks are amphibious, they're able to get in, drive up on to land if we need them. They've been a huge asset. We now created a public-private partnership with the Chautauqua Harbor Hotel, and um, again, for that near shoreline and shoreline cleanup. Um, and then what they also do with the Alliance is working with the DEC and our herbicide usage. We do have a great working relationship with our new Region 9 Director, Julie Barrett-O'Neill, has been fabulous in reaching out, listening to all groups talking, and is really versed on the current situations and concerns with Chautauqua Lake. Um, but what we want to focus on is the need to identify a revenue source going forward to allow our foundations to get back to what they were intended to do. 
the foundations, the rather it's a Regilene, um, Sheldon Foundation, or even the Holmberg Foundation and others, um, Community Regional Foundation, their sole purpose wasn't to fund Chautauqua Lake. Their purpose was philanthropic work, and that's where the focus is. They have been very generous and very eager to contribute, but as we go forward, how long are they able to sustain that funding? The request to them is between six hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars This year, our request was put in, and we were about $120,000 short um, when it came back to the Alliance. Moving on. So for 2023, <clears throat> we just want to look at some of these numbers. I apologize, it's not, not bigger. Um, but the total funding request for the lakes is about $2.9 million, with $234,000 available from our 2% occupancy tax. Well, we're going to talk about our occupancy tax numbers, and some of you might say, well, that doesn't make any sense. We'll look at the numbers, and it doesn't equate. But on the occupancy tax numbers, 20% of that goes to our three existing waterways, excuse me, other lakes that we, we talked about earlier, Finley Lake, Bear Lake, and Cassadaga Lake. Um, so we're down to 80% of that funding available, not to mention other allocations that are already made. So the available funding for that is down to about $234,000. We looked at this and we found some data, actually some legislative uh, documents that go back to um, the county receiving as, as late as 1956, receiving funding from the boat registration fees. But um, we haven't been able to find anything more since 1956 about that. So it was in there at one point, but where it has gone, we don't know. Um, whether how the, you know, the governors have taken that back over the years, I'm not quite sure. Um, but again, no longer the case that we ha currently have funding coming from that. Um, the occupancy tax, 2% of that you know, goes to lakes and waterways. There was a proposed for the increase that was um, defeated. Um, so we're moving on and looking again for those other sustainable funding sources. Um, currently, we did have some requests, and, and our assemblyman came in right at the bitter at the end here, but I don't want to put him on the spot. But we have worked, and he and Senator Brella have worked tirelessly for this lake. So I learned early on, um, when you make statements, um, I need to make sure who I'm making them toward. Um, because when we say the state, our senator and our assemblymen are part of the state, but they are constantly fighting for us. So when we see things that were taken out or things that aren't there, it's not the state itself. It didn't make in the governor's budget. Those are coming from the executive office, not from our tireless work from our assemblymen and senators. So I just want that to be clear. But we did work and put in some requests this year, of a $2 million request for the Jefferson Project. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, the Jefferson Project provides an incredible amount of science on this lake, and it's, it's been fabulous what they've uh, found over the last couple of years. What we wanted and asked is for a $2 million lake maintenance fund and to get us started with a pool of money that we can use to start to expand projects in Chautauqua Lake. Um, the, the next one was for $15.6 million of sustainable funding to complete the work for the Jefferson Project. Now, you might say, you're, you're nuts, you're crazy. What, $15 million? What are you thinking? Well, what you have to remember is back a few years ago, Governor Cuomo designated 12 lakes in New York State as harmful algal bloom or have lakes. Chautauqua Lake is one of them. And of those lakes, they were to receive or have an allocation of $60 million. So as then chairman, I'm like, great, we have $5 million for the lake. Perfect. You know, we were starting out. This was going to, no, 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 that's not how it works. So, okay, how does it work? Well, you need to, you know, put forth a program and then 
we'll see how you fare with other people. And he said, the best thing to do is get lakes working together. Okay, great. So the Jefferson Project has Lake George, Skinny Atlas, and Chautauqua. Even better, three lakes. So why doesn't this meet the criteria? We don't know. We're still asking. I still ask the governor's staff. Um, not quite sure where the money is. So we'll keep asking. Um, but the reason we're focused on the Jefferson Project is what the Jefferson Project is compiling is data to form what they call a smart lake. You know, they have, Lake George is the cleanest lake in New York State. And they have been working in Lake George, the Jefferson Project, for many years. So what they want to do now is look at harmful algal blooms. What causes them, what makes them, you know, there's cyanobacteria in our lake all the time. But what activates that cyanobacteria to, come to cause these toxic blooms? What we have found in the last three years is they've actually broken down the DNA, the genome of this toxic algal bloom. So we're on the precipice now of understanding not only what the genetic makeup is, but now how can we stop it? Or is there a way to stop it or prevent it or mitigate it or dry, you know, drag it out so it doesn't actually form or become a toxic bloom? We have, unfortunately, the most toxic, we have the most harmful algal blooms in any lake in New York State. Not something we hang our hat on, but when Lake George, when the, Jefferson Project came to mind, they said, well, for the first time they had a harmful algal bloom in Lake George about two years ago. And they said, we want to get to the bottom of this. We want to get to the science. So we'll go to where they have them the most, that's Chautauqua Lake. And they have been invaluable. So we'll talk a little bit more about the, the Jefferson Project and their partnership moving forward. Um, but right now, there's a couple of things that have, that have come through. Um, the Environmental Protection Fund for 2023 um, has lined items for the Chautauqua Lake Association, the partnership under the Water Quality Improvement Programs. And we'll, uh, not to put them on the spot, but I'm sure our assemblyman can come down and give us some information um, as we move on with this. Um, so next slide, please. If we, we move on, so the idea, here's some quick numbers on our occupancy tax. So these are over the last five years. Um, so now, if you do the quick math at $2.2 million, uh, $2.2 million. Um, so that means there's about $40 million worth of transactions in hotels, short-term rentals, and vacation properties in Chautauqua County. Now, that's not all focused on Chautauqua Lake. We understand that. But some of the things we need to look at is if you look at that number that comes in in October, those are the highest returns we have from occupancy tax. Those returns do not come in immediately. So what we see in October is a reflection of our summer occupancy tax returns. So you'll see we've had some significant increases over the last couple of years, obviously the dip in 2020 with COVID, but rebounded remarkably over the next couple of years. Um, and again, so if you look at that, of that $2.2 million, 40% of that goes to lakes and waterways. The remaining 60% goes to our travel and tourism industry. And again, we showed you how those numbers, you know, the money gets taken off and chipped away little by little. So what we do end up seeing is you know, that $234,000 of available funding. So what we're looking to do, the next slide, please. <coughs> Again, we look to increase our occupancy tax reserve. Um, in 2020, it was about $264,000. Um, and again, that was suspended due to COVID-19. In 2021, there was 472,000, higher than expected, um, obviously, after the post-22 decline, 20 decline. And as of 2023, $916,000 with a bolster coming from our 
ARPA funding. Um, and we chose the 14 highest ranked projects that were paused back in 2021. So the money is going out the door. We are obligated, I am committed to making sure that that money goes back to lakes. We're not using it. Some other counties, not sure what they do. Okay, when we look at occupancy tax, I was informed one county near, near us only returns 35% of the occupancy backs to, to the industry, as it's called, or to travel and tourism. Ours, 100%, goes back to travel and tourism in our lakes and waterways. In 2023, 20% of that occupancy tax is already allocated to Finley Lake, Cassadaga Lake, and Bear Lake. And again, some of our most recent efforts, the purchase of another MOBA track and a conveyor for the South Basin to expedite and increase our offloading capabilities from the harvesting of the $141,000, $125,000 from the 2% to additional lake maintenance funding that um, the Alliance felt were priorities for last year. And again, this year, uh, as part of our ARPA funding, we just um, put the resolution forward. It'll be in committees next week into $1,004,000 of ARPA funding used to purchase more lake maintenance equipment. Uh, it'll be leased to our, our partners um, in providing that ongoing lake maintenance. And right now, another $75,000 for the North Harmony proposal for a lake beautification shoreline cleanup in a pilot program. We say lake beautification and cleanup. It's, it's something that's ongoing. North Harmony has been very committed um, to their, their tributaries going into Chautauqua Lake, Ball, Ball Creek especially, but also making sure that those areas are cleaned up. Um, Hadley Bay is one of the areas of a prime focus um, for cleaning up uh, that North Harmony area. Next slide, please. So some of the things we have, this is a big piece, and this is where we're going to kind of sum all this up, if you will, with some of these projects. So in 2018, is that correct, Peter, Pierre, 2018, from the aquatic ecosystem? Yeah. Okay. So we were awarded an aquatic ecosystem restoration project by the federal government with support from Senator Schumer. Now, this gets a little convoluted, so bear with us, and, and, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but just listen to the pieces as we go forward. So right now it needs $100,000 to get the new program started. It's a new start program. $100,000 isn't that much, right? Obviously with our ARPA funding, you see it's some funding. Why don't you just fund it? We can't. That money has to come from the federal government. It has to come in this new start program. Now that new start program is also in competition with other new starts across the United States, not to mention other new starts in the Pittsburgh region things that have to do with the Allegheny River Valley, Ohio River Valley, and so forth. One of the things that makes us unique is, take a step back, I will say we just were down in Washington about two to three weeks ago, and we met with the Army Corps of Engineers, had a phenomenal meeting. This is their highest ranked priority in the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh region, is Chautauqua Lake. That's one region. So we, they are focused. Senator Schumer, you looked at us, you know, the, the, the group that was there today, it was, it was Dave McCoy, myself, Pierre Chagnon, and uh, Mark Geis, and he said, who's your congressman? You tell Congressman Langworthy, we're working on it bipartisan together. If you have the most powerful man in the Senate reaching out to the most rookie and freshman congressman, that says something. So when I came back to our stakeholders, if you can have the most powerful man in the Senate walk across the aisle and work with the newest of congressmen. If they can make it work, so can we. And shame on us if we can't. So we need to focus moving together in this, this, this unity of effort. So what this does is 
the Army Corps of Engineers has a project because Chautauqua Lake, as many you know, probably many of you have been around, is the headwaters of the Mississippi River. So theoretically, if you put something in the top end of Chautauqua Lake by technical, it should flow all the way down and flow out of New Orleans into the Gulf of Mexico. The headwaters start right here in Chautauqua County. We do have a competitive application with other lakes and other waterways applying for projects. Now, once we get this 100000 once the federal government appropriates and gives that $100,000 for the project, now what they then do is be, they do a scoping and mapping project. The county is on the hook for half of that. So what they've done, the Army Corps has seen the science from the Jefferson Project. They're looking at the harmful algal blooms, they're looking at current, they're looking at water column, what's in the water column, et cetera. So what the Jefferson Project, along with developing the science for a smart lake, is also assisting the Army Corps in what they would need to do in this mapping sequence for this aquatic ecosystem restoration project. Part of that, again, we, we were told somewhere between one and three million dollars. If funding the Jefferson Project helps us reduce that cost and reduces the cost of that 50-50 split, it's worthwhile. Now, why are we going with the Army Corps of Engineers? They are the foremost experts on dredging. They will look at the lake, they will understand what needs to be done, what needs to happen. Once that takes place, then we qualify for federal money. I forget I was on one of the media channels somewhere, and they showed an Army Corps of Engineers dredging machine. Um, I don't know, not to pick on Don, but he's got a nice convertible out there. That dredging machine could easily pick out Don's car and toss it aside. These are massive pieces of equipment. Now, will that come here to Chautauqua Lake? No, but what I'm saying is these people are the experts in dredging. This is the one piece that has eluded us. Why has it eluded us? Because in 2013, we hired, there were, they, we hired a group to come in and tell us what would it cost to dredge this bay, this bay, and Burtis Bay. I forget the others as well, but Burtis was one of them. And we got a cost about $16 million, quite a few years ago. Costs are going to go up, I'm sure. So most of us know we've focused on harvesting, we focused on herbicides. Dredging is the one thing that's escaped us. And right now, that's why this program with the Army Corps is so critical. They're the experts. This is the one piece that has kind of eluded us over the years. In a great meeting with Julie O'Neill from the DEC, she said, why haven't we talked about dredging? We have. The price tag is astronomical. You know, this, even with everything we put together, it still would be, you know, a big, big lift for the county. Not that we wouldn't look into it, not that I wouldn't, you know, take on that challenge, but that funding would be really increased. But right now, What's happening is, if this works, if we get the funding from the federal government, then we then qualify and the Army Corps is a bigger part of this moving forward. The Jefferson Project also, one of the things that's happening is, we talked about you know, the, the breakdown, the genome, what they're able to do. One of the things we're also focused on is a sustainable lake research center here in Chautauqua Lake. Something that would be called the Global Freshwater Institute bringing huge economic development to Chautauqua County. The other place we're talking, they're talking about this GFI, the Global Freshwater Institute, is Lake Tahoe. I think it's pretty significant that they're coming here to Chautauqua Lake. They see what they can do here. We see the opportunities we have here. They want to capitalize and make this. Why can't this lake be one of the cleanest lakes in New York State? It can, without a doubt. And we're working toward that. Moving on.
Next slide, please. So again, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. Um, we'll, we'll entertain questions as now we have you know, individuals here from Barton Little Judas um, that you know, could provide some, some answers to some questions as we go forward. Um, but realistically, we're looking at um, you know, powered watercraft for boat user We're now focused on kayaks, paddle boards, or canoes. Um, and again, a myriad of things, you know, I know it was running the paper down at Mark Town of Chautauqua, supervisor. Um, not putting him on the spot, he's long time been involved with multiple facets of Chautauqua Lake, from the CLA to the Alliance Town of Chautauqua. Um, he and I, I jokingly called it the, the McDonald's Summit. You know, we're sitting outside of the parking lot of McDonald's in Westfield discussing this boat user fee. Would it be practical? Would it make sense? Would this be something that we need to look into? You know, we both threw some ideas out, some numbers out. Um, and again, there's a lot of unanswered questions with that. But the question, you know, we're really coming here to decide tonight, not to decide tonight, to get your input tonight, is is this user fee something that we should be pursuing? Um, so we're gonna open it up for questions right now. And at the bottom you'll see my, my office number is right there, 7534211. But most importantly, we have a new email set up and we will be checking that email and getting responses back. It's chqlake at chqgov.com. So if you'd like to make statements or you know, if you have any questions, we'll try to answer those as best we can tonight. Um, otherwise, you know, send them to us if you don't want to talk in public, and we will get answers to you as best we can to get back. Um, but right now, you know, I don't, Mark, did you have anything you wanted to add to it? Is there, um, would it make any sense to have Barton Lejudas maybe talk through their We've got kind of a draft scope of work as a starting point for uh, this boat user fee program. Um, you know, the, in, the intention is to make it as um, non-complex, you know, as planners can tend to um, uh, really make projects complex sometimes, but the objective is to make it really kind of simple and easy to, um, you know, to review and easy to uh, uh, implement. And so we've put together a scope of work. Um, it's certainly not fully baked, but uh, Barton Lojudis is here um, to talk about sort of the, the, the major tasks that we're thinking about to give you some idea of what we're thinking. And then we'd love to get your input um, about that. So Jamie, do you wanna? Sure. And Dave? Okay, uh, so yes, as Mark has indicated, we have put together um, a very uh, broad working scope of work to identify components that would go into essentially what is the data inventory, collection of research, and pulling together a methodology of just understanding what it would take, um, the information that is necessary to, that would go into a boat user fee um, development. So we've put together just, again, a very um, large, big picture scope of work, and we're here tonight to obviously hear back from everyone here and gather input and feedback. Um, obviously, we imagine there to be a project team. I'm not sure exactly how we would compose that, but made up of individuals here um, at the county, and that would be um, involving a kickoff meeting to just understand the um, responsibilities, put together a time frame. obviously just very general kickoff information. And the two big steps next would be tasks two and three. And that's really kind of, again, understanding what are the gaps? What information do we have access to? And then reflecting on that data to understand what is the information that we need to move forward. So that's twofold. First is understanding case study research. 
obviously we have a very good um, you know representative with the Lake George study and the commission there and how that um, boat user fee which also includes uh, a, a fee for um, for docks and for moorings as well so we plan on certainly putting that information together and understanding um, essentially um, what went into that um, distribution and then the second part would be essentially collecting other boating data that is um, specific to this lake. Um, pulling together, again, information from stakeholders and having a true sense of how is the lake being used by, um, by boats? Are we keeping track? We have pulled together some very supplementary information um, based on the phase one study, which looks at some uh, boat counts that have been pulled together through uh, the, uh, the um, Lake Association. So we do have some very you know, broad numbers looking at 2019 through uh, 2021. But again, we really have to kind of do some more due diligence and understand um, what do we have a sense of the data local here to the lake. Um, and that both uh, tasks two and three would involve conversations with stakeholders. So local stakeholders here um, at the county and the municipalities as well. And then going back to some of the case study research, reaching out, we can obviously get a lot of information from doing some uh, data inventory and research through um, internet research, but I think it's really very important to have conversations with individuals at Lake George to understand, again, uh, what went into that um, effort and understanding how it currently um, is working. Um, tasks four, um, obviously utilizing opportunities to um, you know, coordinate communication opportunities with um, political leaders. So there's a process always involved with communication. Moving forward, we're really thinking about analysis and recommendations. So some basic ideas of after we pull the information together, that data collection and the research, looking back at the gaps, identifying what those are. Again, putting together some recommendations based on um, the level of funding that could be raised, right, through boat user fees, understanding again, the boat numbers for the lake, um, what those boat user fees may cost, again, reflecting on the case study research of what is typically done in other lakes that use this type of methodology for collecting user fees, uh, putting together a framework for collection, enforcement, and allocation of that funding that would be collected through that process. Um, how would that money be used? So what are the improvement projects that the fees would be used for? Um, and then obviously looking forward of a better understanding the legislative process uh, to move forward if this is the particular type of strategy that is um, recommended to move forward um, into implementation. And then obviously pulling together a final report with a presentation to the public. Um, I'm not sure, Dave, if you had anything else that you wanted to add to that overview? No, I think just to summarize, I mean, the, the end result of this and, and just to set the stage for this is a, a feasibility study for a boat user fee. The, the end product would not be the final establishment of a boat user fee. So as Jamie said, it's to really close the gaps, get the missing information, and come up with some recommendations on how the fee could be used um, and you know, how to implement it going forward. And it's really a feasibility study process. To be clear, you know, and I don't know why, you know, we talked about our occupancy or the occupancy tax earlier, and it's, it's kind of rush, if you will, to, to come to the legislature. It's unique in the fact that our, our current agreement ends in November of this year. So knowing that the state's 
legislative session is drawing to, you know, in closes in June, we had to make sure that that was going forward. <coughs> that discussion, should it have gone forward, would have taken time and not implemented in 2023. I mean, really, there's just no way that could have been processed and put into operation in 2023. This itself would be looking at 2024 or later, depending on its need and making sure it's done right. You know, we don't want to beleaguer this and draw it out for over a, a long period of time. But if it takes, you know, if, if it takes the remainder of this year and into 2024 to say this is what we have, this is what we feel is a confident, workable document and a process going forward, that's what we'll do. Um, you know, some of the just to quickly to, to cap on some of the questions that they brought up. You know, who would form this committee? Obviously, we do have boat clubs. We have the Power Boat Club here on Chautauqua Lake. We have yacht clubs in Chautauqua Institution and in Lakewood. So we'd have our, our, our sailors on board. Um, how many people here from the fisheries or fishing clubs? Fishermen would be, we'd have the fishing clubs involved in this as we go forward. Also people from the travel and tourism industry. And also we do have, you know, hotel and tour and um, other investments in and around Chautauqua Lake. So those are the types of people that would comprise this committee as we go forward. You know, my, my belief is, you know, we would have elected officials, I'm sure at some point, and obviously that would be there, but also is it a limited scope? We're not sure, but make it clear, this isn't gonna be the county deciding this, sitting down at the table. We want our stakeholders, we want people from the public to give us the feedback needed to get this committee moving, well, on the committee, but to give us the feedback necessary to move forward. Much like the CLRPA. Those are a lot of men and women elected officials that had you know, time invested into this. We want to do the same moving forward in this, but just broadening the scope of some of the people involved in that committee. I don't want to put them on the spot, but I know our assembly would suck in. Is, Andy, is there anything you would like to address or, or speak to? Or? I'm mindful of that saying, uh, seek first to understand before you're understood. So I'm here to understand what the issues are and where you're going. I will point out, though, that uh, uh, both fee or tax or whatever you want to call it would require most likely state legislation. And as far as I'm aware of, there's only one in existence now involving Lake George. Uh, and that's somewhat unique because Lake George is under a state park management program. Um, there are other uh, factors we're also looking at, just to let everyone know. Uh, we have legislation that we are uh, preparing and submitting to make it easier for out-of-state residents to register their boat in New York. Roughly half the boats on the lake are not registered here. That's important because if you register your boat in Pennsylvania or Ohio, you pay a sales tax in Pennsylvania or Ohio. Whereas if you register here, you pay our sales tax and a significant portion goes to Chautauqua County. And that's a legislative change, by the way, that won't cost anybody money because they're already paying the sales tax. The only question is where are they paying it? And so we're looking at some of those other options as well. So as you see, this isn't you know, my idea or the county. This is you know, barely a unilateral, you know, moving forward, working with the Senator and the Assemblyman because these things will have to be carried uh, at the state level. Um, so again, I, I guess right now we'll open it up. Um, there's a microphone in the back. If you'd like to step up, ask any question, keeping it focused to the boat user fee, questions you may have pertaining to that or comments moving forward. Thanks, BJ. Uh, I've lived on a lake for about 50 years. And 
uh, I'm kind of confused right now on this boater vehicle the boater registration fee. And it sounds to me like <clears throat> we're not getting our fair share of the boater registration fee. I, I pay for that and it's good for what, like three years at a crack, I guess. And I have two boats, but it's sounding to me like, and I could be wrong, we're not getting our fair share of that money from the state. And I think you said it goes way back to 1968 or something like that? 56. 56, yeah. But why aren't we getting our fair share of this money? That could be millions and millions of dollars. We don't know. We could. Again, working with our senator and assemblyman, they're looking at options as well. You know, something's, you know, something's not right there. Right. You know, one of the things, and the reason Andy spoke there to me, Assemblyman Goodell, I apologize. I'm, we're very informal. Um, there's 5,500 boats. We talked to our clerk. 5,500 boats registered in Chautauqua County. But all 5,500 are not on Chautauqua Lake. Right. And we don't know when you're looking at numbers, and some of you might say you're crazy, just but you know, the, the, the stewardship program at the CLA provided numbers of 10,000 one year, 12,000 another. So how many boats, yes, many of them may have been counted more than once. I know uh, one of our members of the Alliance said our, his boat was counted four times. But how many boats go in, whether they're at a marina or they're put in privately by individuals, <coughs> they drop them in at a, at a public dock, Republic launch, they launch and they park it at their house. So yeah. you're right, we don't know what those numbers are. And how many boats are there in New York State? There must be a million of them. I mean, so, somebody's, I think Andy or somebody's got to really look into this. I mean, this could be millions of dollars for us that we would desperately need. Correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you, no, thank you. It, it, again, it, it all brings out. That's why this is a, is a discussion. You know, if, if you know, the committee's forum said, hey, let's let's put a halt on charging our people. Let's look at, you know, obtaining money through, you know, the state system. Again, those are all things we want to look at. We're not closing the door to anything. Anyone else? Yeah. So I've, I've, I, I, I have agreed with much of what you've said tonight, and I applaud your efforts to work with the um, Army Corps of Engineers and explore dredging. Those are the right answers and the long-term right answer for this lake, I think. Um, in the short term, I think this is a no-brainer, and we should all get on board with this. I mean, it's feasible. It's most likely very feasible. And, you know, I can see a boat launch from my house, and I watch $100,000 bass boats go in and out all day, rip around the lake, and drive off to another state. So um, let's let them help and participate in the care and upkeep of our lake. And that's, that's my two cents. It's, it's a great comment. Just to capitalize on that, one of the things that you know, I've learned over the years when I first got elected as a, as a town councilor, village trustee, that once a boat brings weeds in from other areas, they come back and regrow in our lake. You know, one of the studies that was brought in, in Greenhurst area in, near Ellery, uh, a high potential of non-native weeds is somewhere between 9 and 12. At the study that was done, there were over 15 species that aren't even native to New York State. So your point is exactly correct. That's why the stewardship program from the CLA has been so critical, is making sure those weeds are not on the boat. Because we want people to come in here and use this lake, certainly. And to your point, let other people help us as well. But we have to make sure that those boats are clean because 
any weeds they deposit could grow. And they're weeds. Let's face it, we all know what weeds do in our own lawns. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Ray Norton, a couple things. Um, yeah. <laughs> a few years. A few years. So uh, just recently moved back. I've been gone for over 35 years and uh, now back up here. And, uh, you know, uh, anyways. Um, looking at them with it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. We're talking a boat. Is it a boat launch fee? Or are we talking a user fee? One time fee. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to put something on the folks that can barely afford to get a boat or do anything else. And with that said, I've never owned a boat in my life. I probably never will. But growing up, dad got a boat that got given to him. We spent hours upon hours working that boat to put it there. You put a boat user fee on it, we'll never be on this lake. Yeah, you drive them to Allegheny, you drive them away. There, I, I don't disagree with you, Ray. There's, there's others that, um, for example, we had a gentleman that, that worked here for many, many years who was selling $1.3 million worth of boats annually at Smithville's. So you're, you're right. And, and this is where the <coughs> problem becomes a big dilemma. Yeah. I can tell you there are people that have probably spent half a million dollars or more on their boat. So oh, yes, I, I know that. I've we are we are facing that, that, that and that's something we have to you know we have to look at. We have to balance this out. We're not here to cripple the people that want to come in and use this lake, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, the property tax wasn't you know really a feasible. Question. No, I don't think the property tax was. I'm not convinced that the occupancy tax was not due that we are one of the lowest in the nation. If you look at occupancy occupancy tax, and is it going to be just like the boat user fee? Not going to be this year. Now there's occupancy tax, and that's been been put back the other we're talking folks that are registering out of state using here well part of that nothing can be done here the state ta sales tax here is too damn high those who've got property both here and in pennsylvania guess where they're registering their boat every single year guaranteed it's in pennsylvania you know and that's nothing we can do in this room but that's part of the problem i appreciate it thank you those are all good points staff are taking notes down Just want to make a comment about the uh, the projects for which the fees will be used. I was pleased to hear that you were focusing closer to the 2.9 million that's been sort of the historic spend, because it struck me that you know what caused the tax district to go down was the assumption that uh, you needed 10 million dollars or more, and I know that was just an assumption, but that caused the whole thing to crater. But I guess the question I would make is. Uh, does your study and does the fees, I mean, you know, it's cart before the horse. You want to make sure that we, we know how much money we spend because once we know, I mean, we plan to spend, then we'll know how many boats there are and then we know how many per boat fee. I mean, I saw in the newspaper between $50 and $100 and so forth. But I guess the question is on the slides, are we allowing for other projects? I mean, Jefferson is an existing project. I mean, you know, once Jefferson and others come in with their projects, you know, will there be enough revenue from whatever the fee is and so I know this is this is delicate dance because that's what kills it if you say you're just going to raise taxes and then figure out how to spend it but if you don't know how to spend it yet so anyway. no, it's a good point and that's a question that, that people often ask and we right now you know as you know Dave McCoy can tell you a lot of the people that apply for that 2% money are turned away so you have a lot of other projects we could be funding um, but it's oftentimes turned away because we just don't have enough. Um, those projects, again, you know, a myriad of things are, ha are happening. Um, right now, that 2.9 million is really maintenance. It's doing what we're doing. You know, we've, we've gone back to, you know, herbicides. 
We've used them in the, pre in the past. We're coming back to using them, not in the wholesale um, usage, but we are using them. CLA is continuing a harvesting project, which is continuing. And again, even the CLA last year, you know, we saw a massive uh, influx of, let's all face it, we know that in August in the South Basin, we start to see weed fragments build up. If you live along Burtis Bay, I know we have Burtis Bay residents, they'll tell you, a lot of that comes down. So what could we do? Could we now fund a longer season for the CLA? My belief in not criticizing CLA, they do a great job. But could their season expand into November? You know, we talk about the season of always ending Labor Day, but it doesn't end. That lake is still moving. That lake is still growing. There's things happening. Fishermen, they'll be out there until that thing freezes, and when it does, then they go back out again. So these projects, right now, we've always stopped, and people have never gone on to bigger projects because the funding just hasn't been there. So to your point, we know there is more need for more projects, and they've always been cycled because of lack of funding. You know, so you know, one of the projects, if you look right now, is we had a million dollars of ARPA funding for one of us is a purchase of a harvester. In the hopes that that harvester would be focused in the South Basin towards the end of the season in August when we start to see, you know, and again, I know I have our friends here from Burgess, they're telling you, the weeds start to pile up, and what can we do? to prevent those from coming to the shoreline by using our skimmers, using our harvesters, putting more maintenance craft on the lake. So if there's more money, can we buy more harvesters? If we can buy more harvesters, can we employ more people to do the job? Those are the questions that we know are there. We just haven't been able to go that next step because we don't have the funding. So you're right, it's a, it's a delicate balance. It's a, it's a joke. You know, um, we'll, we're still working on it. You know, there's nothing, nothing perfect. perfect. Yes. Uh, hi, um, I live in Whitney Bay, um, and my question is: If Jamie mentioned something about a boat user fee, but also about docks and docking, and could you clarify that? Because that's a whole other subject that you haven't that talked was, about. That's Lake George. We're not looking at that. Okay. So, and, and you, but here's the, the point. Uh, I don't know, if Mike, you were there, but we were on the lake, and. Uh, I had a meeting with Julie O'Neill, and she said, well, we'll just go to the Department of State because you have all your docks registered, right, and pay a fee? No. <laughs> you don't want to go down that rabbit hole at all, okay? So to your point, we, we're not looking at that. You know, that's something that, when she said this, I'm like, boy, you really want to start off on the wrong foot. You may here and start to tell people they got to register to put their dock in. Yeah, that's, that's not good. That's not, that's not right. So, yeah, that's not part of our scope, but it is something that, another, that Lake George does, yeah. So what is the amount of money do you want to try to raise? Right now we need to raise, well, the, the foundations are, we put in requests of up to $800,000. Um, my belief is I want to get the foundations back to philanthropy, so a minimum of $800,000. We knew last year that there was another fee of about $120,000 to continue the CLA's operation. I think feasibly they could look to have another two hundred. dollars so you're looking at a million dollars between funding the Alliance and the projects they already have right now. And that's not expanding anything. That's not extending the season of the CLA. That's not, you know, allowing any other studies to be, to come in and be done. That's not, you know, doing, we've done a ton of work on the walk in the watershed. Um, you know, that's something. And, you know, also moving forward, once this project is completed with Jefferson is giving us that smart lake, now we have the model and the framework to start implementing those long-term strategies, and that's where the money would come from. Hey, what's that? 
$2,000. Everything we've ever talked about in these meetings is 2.9 plus in, right. in millions. Right. If you take that for 10,000 votes, that's $500 a vote. Can I, can I comment on this yeah. real quick? Because I think it has to work the other way around. I think you have to look at what is a reasonable amount to charge for boats, right? Depending on the length and width and all that. Then how much money can you raise from that? And then what projects can you fund? You'll have your list of projects in a prioritized order, but you can't go the other way around. You can't say, we want to raise, I'm making up with, you know, $3 million and then all the boat fees would be so exorbitant it would keep people away. So well, I think it has to work the other way around. I, I think you have disagree to say because if, if you have if most houses have they're going to have a jet, one or two jet skis, a motorboat, maybe a pontoon boat, and, and you're going to charge them 100 bucks a piece. That's 500 bucks. They won't put their boats on the lake. That's what I'm saying. You can't work that way. It's got to go the other way. It's got to be what is the appropriate amount to charge people based on some of the case studies that that we've looked at. What are they doing in other places? What's an acceptable amount to charge? And then that's that's. That's how you start, and that you don't go the other way around. You don't say we're trying to raise this much money, and then the fees would be so exorbitant um, that it would be that would keep people away. I can agree with that, but I also say I, I own seventy-five feet, and, I, and yeah. I, I'm assessed at sixteen hundred dollars a foot. Now you want to charge me to put my boat in my lake? Well, that, that, I mean that, 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 that just does not make well, sense. Well, we're stu we're yeah. we're studying. I mean, we're we're looking at it's a feasibility study. So what about the day users? Yeah. I mean, is this yeah. a, is this boat user fee just for the residents, no. or is it yeah, for everyone that uses the lake? We're going to start to flesh all this out. We just wanted to get an idea and some consensus tonight. Yeah. In Lake George, yes, where we first heard of this was uh, a member of our alliance goes to Lake George for a week. They have a different color sticker, and you pay that boater fee for the use of that lake. Right. Do we have it for a day? We, we have water stewards sitting there, like you said, uh, educating people. They could have a little square thing on their phone and take a fee. Correct. Again, that's something we need to look at. That's something we need to look, look at going forward. You were not, you know, we're not stopping or anything, but it's almost like the sum of your fees, right? Yeah, that's correct. Right. Yeah. So our so so in order to come to Chautauqua County, you have to be registered, and part of that registration fee does come back to the Chautauqua County Snowmobile Clubs. Based on, and that's a, when, when Mark, when Mark guys talked about simplicity, that's what we're focused on because the formula for the snowmobile trails is based on the miles of trails that you maintain. That's a very complex system. We don't want that complex system. We want a very simple system. Um, again, but it is much like snowmobiles. In order to be in Chautauqua County, you have to be registered. If you're not, our snowmobile patrols are out. If they see you're not registered, then your ticket isn't fine. So again, it would be much like that. Snowmobiles, you know, the $135 here. Pay another 100 if you want to go to Pennsylvania. Another 200 if you want to go to Ontario. Another 200 if you want to go to Quebec. I've paid them all, and still went. Still have the snowmobile. So, let you know, we all pay fees. Um, I walk through Long Point every day, twice a day, and it, a third of the boats are from New York, a third are from Pennsylvania, and a third are from Ohio. They don't pay. So a user vote fee, to me, makes sense. Uh, I don't know the number that we need, but the fee makes sense because we all have to pay. And the only way that's going to happen, just like snowmobiling, is someone pays that fee. And I'd love the legislators here to just make their magic wand and put it in the budget. And then we'd all go home happy. But it's, I don't believe that's going to happen. So we, we have to have some 
consensus and come up with some plan that's going to help the lake. I love the lake. We all use it, and we all know what it looks like. Um, we have a friend that was kayaking yesterday and brought a whole bag of pondweed that's already grown over two foot long. So you know the date. It's April. You wait till May comes. You won't get up the outlet. So it, it sounds good, and I think we just need dialogue to continue. Yeah, one of the things, many of you have been on the lake, obviously what happens when the lake doesn't freeze over really hard? It doesn't kill off the weeds and we're probably going to have a significant weed growth. I'm already anticipating that. Am I looking forward? Am I, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I'm hope we're, we know it's going to happen. I hope it grows early and dies early. But we just don't know. The other person that we're dealing with is Mother Nature. And anybody that can predict her, <laughs> God love you. But the other thing about this, there's no silver bullet for this lake. There never has and there never will be. We have to come up with a combination of different ideas and the different projects that help this lake. So it's filling in. Are we trying to stop and defy Mother Nature? Do we need to keep the, the people coming? Do we need to keep our sales tax up? Do we need to keep it? Certainly we do. You know, that, and even in the wintertime. You know, when I used to come to work last year when the lake froze, it was like a small village. I think that the population of Mayville doubled on Saturday mornings when you saw all the fishermen's huts out there. Uh, you know, the Amish, much like, you know, fishermen have to pay a license fee, there's a lot of money wrapped up in the ice fishing equipment. I mean, you, you know, go to running and find out. But right, yeah, something else. I'm oh, just curious. Um, as you say you're going to implement it, the enforcement along the way, they do snowmobiles, and I'm not quite sure how that runs, but what is that going to run us? What is that going to cost to implement that? Well, and how right are we going to do so? We're going to talk to the Sheriff's Navigation Patrol. Around. We would like to put the, the sticker somewhere where it's easily identified by the Sheriff's Patrol, just like they patrol to find out if your boat's even registered. Um, you know, if you're operating a jet ski within 200 feet of an anchor to moored vessel. I don't know. I got a ticket with that once. But they are out there <coughs> patrolling. And one of the, you know, what would, if, if found without it, what would the fee structure be? What would that look like? And, you know, possibly the fee would then, you know, remaining, um, fee could look that, you know, obviously you pay your New York State court fees, and then, you know, the remainder of that money would then go offset the navigation patrol. Those are all things we would, you know, start to talk about and look. But the sheriff has talked about, you know, assisting in this in this operation and patrols, which they do a phenomenal job as well. Any other questions? I hope that uh, we don't only look at, we don't only look at remedial actions, but uh, the municipalities and the county should be doing everything they possibly can to prevent pollution to the lake and there's so much more that the municipalities can do like adopting stormwater regulations to keep stormwater on site enforcing erosion laws and taking a whole lot of other actions to protect the tributaries like stream like stream corridor protection laws and uh, impervious surface laws that most municipalities aren't even beginning to get into so uh, let's not lose sight of all the things they can be doing that aren't being done now. Anyone else? Yeah, well, we're right at one hour. All right, just let's do a quick straw poll show of hands. How many people are in favor of continuing dialogue and looking into this at further levels? And how many people are opposed? And again, if you're, please send an email or stop and talk. I'd love to hear. Uh, again, you know, one of the things we're not here to cause rift. We're not here to cause strife. We're committed. I'm going to be committed to, to working and helping fix that lake. Um, we all are. That alliance, the passion, 
you know, you're all here because of that. I mean, I wasn't sure what tonight would be if I'd have 200 people in here or not. Um, but everybody is passionate about this lake, very passionate. You know, what John spoke of, John Zabonski from, was from the watershed. Um, but the watershed, this, I, I said this to people, they're, they're doing a ton of prevention. They're trying as much as they can to keep things from getting into the lake. And there's a great amount of effort that's being taken place right now with that. We found out in, in looking at the last five years, 56 over half of the funding from the Alliance has been in watershed projects. So we are looking at the watershed as well as in lake. But now we, we're realizing too, we need to focus on the in lake. And in lake, when we talk about that, it's the quick fix, it's the most notable. If the CLA comes by and harvests and they collect the weeds, you know the weeds are gone, right? Well, what has the CWC done in stream bank stabilization and erosion control? And John said some of these, you know, keeping the pollutants out of the, out of the lake. You know, impervious surfaces. I mean, I, I was really educated on impervious surfaces, semi-pervious surfaces, becoming an elected official. There's a lot of information out there when it comes to what we're doing. And we could we do could we be doing more? Certainly. Certainly we can. But I, I appreciate everybody for being here. We've hit that magic hour. So I appreciate again CHQ Lake at chqgov.com. If you have any questions or more concerns or information, please send it to us. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. That was Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell.